0: Hi listeners, I'm Ash and I'm Z, and welcome back to Mistakes in the Making. Today we are joined by a really special
1: guest. We have Pearl Malik with us, an up-and-coming filmmaker. She rose to fame earlier this year after producing a quarantine tape series where she interviewed a lot of really interesting people who have large followings from models to actresses to actors. And she gave her audience a little bit of a sneak peek behind their lives, really humanizing these people who are idealized, scrutinized in the public eye. She mm-hmm. is such a talented and budding filmmaker. She's a work in progress and just a delight to speak to. We're so happy to have you with us. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Okay. Now, We're just really happy to have you as one of our guests. I know technically you might be like our second or third guest, but in reality, you're the first guest we're actually, you know, just recording an episode with. So it's going to be a very cool and interesting experience for us as well as you. I'm very excited.
0: Yeah, I'm glad we're done with all the formalities now so we can just like chat. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So would you like to chat about how you got into filmmaking? I'm really interested to know. I think I was like 10 or 11 and
2: um, I was in Jaipur and I was uh, with my family for like, like during the winter and uh-huh. uh, we bumped into like, uh, have you seen Bhool Bhulaiya?
0: Of course. yes yeah, I think
2: it's like most iconic movie of our like mm-hmm. growing up and and I we bumped into the uh producer of the film and um and I was like really tiny and very intrigued about, you know, what's gonna going on on set and how do these people film and all of that and and then my dad did a little bit of, you know, Jagar like Indian parents are like trying mm-hmm. to <laughs> you know, put you out wherever like whatever you want, you to get that for you. So then we just ended up um visiting the set of the mansion like for the three days that I was there like every day no and then I like ate yeah and I ate with everyone and I saw most of the scenes being filmed and (gasps) it was like I, I think as a 10 year old my mind was like blown quite literally I was like holy shit this is what I want to like do when I grew up or like I didn't even know what I wanted to do actually I was like this is where I want to be you know anything in relation to like film and I was like at that time you know when when we're small everyone goes like I'm gonna grow up and be an actor I'm gonna grow up and be uh like you know I'm gonna be a model everyone wants to do that you know everyone's like really intrigued by glamour as kids so I think that it was kind of that for me and as I grew up and as my interest started to solidify and my you know my Growing up in like an Indian family, very typical like business type of family where you know like they expect mm. to kind of go to college, get a job, get married. You know like I'm I'm from that type of family, and um, so they would really make fun of me for oh really you want to do film like it's an interest today it's gonna fade away tomorrow study right now and then we'll see when you are like older if you're still interested. And then I was like, you know, fuck all of you. I'm going to pick up a camera and I'm going to actually start proving to everyone that I'm like not bad at this. I think I was in the seventh grade and then I started like becoming a part of every like small film related competition in school. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, any sort of filming. And then it kind of just as I grew older, I just realized that it's better. Why should I waste time getting a like studying something that I'm not interested in?
0: Mm -hmm. and
2: I just decided to kind of go with it and keep filming and I think that I was 16 when I really started getting serious about film school and my parents were always like you know we don't want you to go to just a film school we want you to go to a a university we want you to go to some place which has other options so if you decide to like not do film like in a year you still have some place to kind of like change your major or something and I was like fine yeah, I kind of really structured my entire life around USC, I think, which was good in a way, which was bad in a way. I feel like it was bad because I couldn't see beyond film school, but it was good because early on I figured out what I wanted to do and my style style of filmmaking and what I'm good at and that's what I became like my you know USP like this is what I'm good at and this is what I'm going to work on and that's going to get me into college so I think I was 16 when I really started working on my portfolio internships here and there everywhere I was literally like hungry for work I still am Mm. (laughs) that's not changed (laughs) but I was like hungry for work whatever I got in terms of anything mildly creative I would do it like not like anything like I was in the sound department of my school. I used to head the sound department mm. of my school. So any like event that used to happen in school or anything, I used to be like up in the, you know, like the sound operator, like the operator room, like doing sound and like
1: like the AV room.
2: Yeah, exactly. And as in, it's like not even related to anything I want to do, but it was just anything creative, and I feel like that is something that stuck with me that i just look at creative work as creative work and i'm just so like excited yeah. when it comes to anything creative that i just do it so i feel like that was like a good thing and it just kept on solidifying you know as i started getting appreciated for small smaller things that i was doing it was validating me because you know as a 16 year old you don't really have like faith in yourself you're kind of like dependent on like what everyone else thinks of you yeah uh, like that's what growing up is like when you're just like your boat is kind of like wavering and then you're like looking for that like stability I feel like that's what I was looking for and I got that with like what how people appreciated my work which was good but I feel like should not really depend on that but you can't tell a 16 year old that so I feel like that's how I got into filmmaking it was actually to prove to be very honest it was to tell everyone that I can do it and it's not something that just mildly interests me and I feel like as I did it like it didn't feel like work ever it felt good it felt correct in my gut you know like it felt like this is Mm. what I should be doing because this
0: is what I have the brain for yeah but I'm sort of glad you stuck to your guns and I feel like every creative can relate when that question comes of what do you actually want to do and you're like I have to prove that this is not a hobby like I'm in love with this field and you know, I can be successful, at least wake up every day and like want to do something and put something out there. Yeah, I'm so glad you stuck to your guns, because I feel like that's the one thing it takes to believe in yourself first. And I feel like once you do that, yeah, the appreciation comes and it just feels so good. Exactly. Exactly.
1: (laughs)
2: I feel like a lot of people look for it like in a different way you know they think it's the appreciation first that they need and then they kind of need to like stay grounded with their craft I feel like Mm -hmm. it should work the other way around you should not go out there looking for appreciation which is okay Mm -hmm. like as a beginner creative sometimes you do need validation But I feel like creative people, if we get trapped in the cycle of validation, then, then, you know, our art kind of becomes like instant gratification for us, which is very Mm -hmm. easy, you know, to like kind of put something out there, get that relief that okay, I'm still like, okay, creative, like creatively, I'm still fine. I still have that in me, I'm, I'm still functioning, which is okay, sometimes it's fine. But like, That should not become the entire basis of our journey
1: as a creative. But to be fair, you were only 16. And when you're 16, I feel like there's this really bad, just like trope of having to fit in, having to feel understood by other people, even at the cost of giving up your passions. Like, I was definitely an artistic, creative person at 16, but I think I felt like I needed to be someone who could like who could fit in basically so I went on like this you know route of going to a university that wasn't very artistic and arts based it was more computer science based but then eventually I just felt like I was trapping myself so I had to find creative outlets and I don't know I feel like give yourself some credit you were 16 if this was, <laughs> if it was like still the case right now then okay that's a different story but it's something you grow out of It being 16 is weird you don't understand how life is going to come through And you Mm. just need all the advice you can get and you need guidance. But now you're here on this platform telling people to, you know, you're just guiding people to be their best artistic selves. So we really appreciate that. And also, you did end up, you know, doing some really awesome work, especially with your quarantine tapes. You were in so many news articles when we literally Google your name. They all just came up. So (laughs) um, speaking of that, we actually had a few mutual friends. And they posted stories of your quarantine tapes and I saw like the first two and I was literally obsessed and I was like, wow, this is such an awesome, cool project. So what was your inspiration for the quarantine tapes and what was the process like?
2: Inspiration, I feel like, okay, so to be very honest. You know how qual- everyone quarantine started when the first lockdown happened. Everyone was kind of really talking about how it's time to like introspect and get closer to mm-hmm. yourself, and you know everything about everything in that at that time kind of became about self-awareness. I feel yeah. people were finally getting ready to understand that there's more to life than just working and you know, my making money and you know all of that. I feel like people really started introspecting about everything and I think that that's the time I was like it's finally time to like you said in the beginning humanize famous people mm. kind of give like you know there is more to everyone than just their craft even creatives even people who are in business even people who are doctors there's more to them that has brought them to that like level in their career or like you know brought them to that platform there, ha- there is a brain behind it there is thinking there are real people, real emotions. They're not just, you know, faces mm-hmm. on Instagram or faces on like magazines and billboards. They're like real people. And I was like, it started with just friends kind of um talking to like young people who are, younger friends of mine who are doing really good work at, like were 18, 19, 20 and who are like becoming budding actors and stuff like that. So I feel like it started with just them because I was like, I didn't really feel like I had enough, um, I wouldn't say like credentials, but enough like, you know, guts, like faith in myself to like approach famous people or stuff like that. So I feel like it started off like that and I kind of proved myself with my work yeah. and then like it, people started reaching out. And I think it became like a good way to see at the end of the day, it was my vision, but it was mm-hmm. someone else's story. So they gave me the creative freedom to tell their story the way I wanted to. And I think Mm -hmm. that was really something that I really look forward to in anything. If it's a film or if it's a story, if it's a script, anything, it's that it's your story, my creative vision together. It's kind of humanizing you. It's making you Mm -hmm. telling people more about they are and what they are about, and their learnings and values and morals. There's so much to learn from everyone around us.
0: Mm-hmm, and we yeah. take a
2: minute and sit down in one and a half minutes of your time, and you're just listening to someone kind of positively talking about their life, their struggles. It just kind of motivates you, it kind of makes you happy. And in that time, I feel like everyone needed that because social media was full of shit at that time. There was so much negativity around us. I feel Mm -hmm. like just a little positive outlook from someone who we think is so perfect, but is actually like human too, kind of created that balance, I feel. I think that was the purpose. It was just to connect people, to be very honest.
0: Yeah, I really like that. And I feel like all of us saw that. We saw such a real and raw side to these otherwise super famous people that you just Mm -hmm. see paparazzi pictures of. You never see them in their own really. And I feel like, I don't know, it was such a beautiful collaboration. Like there were bits of them, but I also felt we got to know you as a filmmaker and your eye and I guess your emotions through what you picked for the visuals or even the audio. And yeah, how was that for you? How was the process like? It was actually very fulfilling and satisfying,
2: to be honest. It was very taxing. Like if you get into the details of it, it was hard as hell to kind of, you know, be on the same page as the person that whose story you're telling you know at the end of the day it mm-hmm. is kind of like a new form of documentary filmmaking and um I, it was kind of hard because obviously it's their story they, they want they want to tell it in a particular way but kind of can't lose I didn't want to lose my vision in the process so I think that even like you said in smaller ways of things I, like visuals I picked and music and the way I cut the audio I feel mm-hmm. like all of that was kind of what I felt was authentic to them and to me I feel like it's very mm. important to find that in anything you do so I, yeah. I didn't want to let that go and I I really it was like rounds and rounds and rounds of edits with every everything that's been put up and like Mm -hmm. the first film that I made to what was actually put out there was very different like the first volume for my quarantine tapes was kind of me getting the hang of it so it was like me understanding people me reading people better kind of you know understanding the way they're talking and what their aesthetic and vibe is and then obviously like the first volume was where I was like kind of in the middle you know trying to grasp everything and the second volume is where I kind of got into like my filmmaking shows and I was like now Mm -hmm. I know what to do now I know how to go about this and now I know everything that I didn't know in the first half Mm -hmm. so I Mm -hmm. think that really changed in the first from the first volume to the second volume about like kind of getting a hang of myself and a better understanding of people I think that was the purpose for me to like put out put the films out there for people to know these people better for people to connect and feel this sort of like Mm -hmm. community that Instagram and social media was supposed to be but it's not anymore so I feel Mm -hmm. like it was like a sense of community like you know if you come on my Instagram and you hear like watch Mm -hmm. these tapes and you kind of feel a little more connected to me to my art to these people I think that was the purpose and in the first one it was kind of me getting the hang of that and then the second volume I kind of went all out and like I knew where I stood as a filmmaker I knew where where, how to read people better I think you know second volume was not as difficult when it came to editing and was not as Mm. difficult when it came to putting out my vision so I think it was like a big learning for me as well in understanding where I stand as a filmmaker Mm. and how much I've learned to read and understand people even if it's through like
1: 20 voice notes and just an online, like a phone recording. You also mentioned uh, in one of our initial calls that the first two tapes were based on uh, your friends. So you had like a good rapport and relationship with them. Mm -hmm. But then from then, every single person you've done a tape with has reached out to you. So that's one of the coolest things ever. The fact that so many really big people on social media who have these amazing, awesome careers trust you with their story. And what was that process like, you know, doing a story and a tape on a person that you don't know who wants to collaborate with you? Because it's a very personal thing. It does take a little bit of getting to know the person and, you know, building a rapport with them in a few weeks, whereas in the first two tapes, you kind of have built a rapport with your subjects over a couple of years. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I felt that in the first
2: first date that I did with John Janvi who was like I didn't know her mm. at all like I didn't know and like I knew her from what she is like at her career I never knew her as a person and I feel like the first time um working with her I was like you know I barely know her she's just my friend's sister like how do I get to know her so she was so nice about it and I feel like that's where I kind of understood how to get it out of people that I sent her over like 50 questions literally 50 questions we would Mm -hmm. get on call we would talk I would understand what she likes what she doesn't like kind of in the process of making the film I was at the same time understanding her better and I feel like I got the hang of it because she allowed me to get to know her you know she allowed me to get into her space and I feel like that was the turning point for me where I finally realized that okay I need to get on call with people need to get them a little comfortable need to tell them that who I am they need to know more about me as well to open up right they can't just be like a random stranger and just like call her and tell her everything like that's Mm -hmm. personal to us and we just put it in a video they need to trust me with all the footage that they send me because all the footage that we put out is is not that's already out there most of it are very personal videos of them from their friends and that they've recorded and you know stuff like that so I feel like building that trust was easy because through Janvi, I learned that an, like if I if I allow them to get into my space, they'll allow
1: me to get into theirs. That's such good advice. I feel like a lot of people. It's like it's a skill, you know, to make other people comfortable around mm-hmm. you, especially as a creative so that's something that I was really impressed with the first time we chatted I remember mm-hmm. we were planning on doing like a half an hour call and we spoke for like an hour and 20 minutes because mm-hmm. you're just such an open awesome person and <laughs> it just it's, it's such a pleasure having you on this podcast I'm the tree fan right now
0: <laughs> you're making
1: <baby's> so awkward <laughs> <laughs> No, but I
2: feel like that's the whole purpose of being a creative, right? You're so fluid with your art. You need to get fluid with people. You kind of need to be, you're making art to break boundaries. You're making art to like, your art is literally like putting out what is a random image in your head and kind of constructing it with the re- in reality, right? You're already breaking so many boundaries. If you learn to communicate mm-hmm. with people better, That just makes you a better artist. Because then you understand so much more. You understand human emotions Mm -hmm. so much more. And I feel like you can, of course, you can be a shy person and a great artist. It's not that you need to be like some really confident, you know, out there person. I was really not until this year. I was very quiet and very shy. Mm -hmm. And art is a collaboration, right? Like it's it's two people, three people, a team coming together. And if you guys are not Mm -hmm. comfortable with each other then it's not going to happen. It's a team effort. You all need to be at least in the same wavelength. And I feel like if you as a creative can do that, like that's that's like half the battle already won in terms of Mm -hmm. collaborating with other people.
0: Yeah, I really like that because I feel like the lockdown has been a tricky time for a lot of creatives not being able to go through with their usual process of creating art. So... Yeah, I feel like that's really good advice because it's so fluid. I mean, you have to adapt to the situation around you, and it. I feel like it's pushed me creatively to like think otherwise, and also like you said, right now in lockdown, like everyone's being so much more vulnerable, and you sort of need that human touch to. I don't know, feel more complete because mm-hmm. it, it is a bit isolating at times. So definitely. yeah, I really enjoyed your process of the quarantine tapes. And yeah, yeah. I feel like you. you make people feel not alone when they listen to it, if that makes sense.
2: Yes, you said it better than I said it, definitely. That was the entire idea behind it, to create like a sense of community.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: I feel like, I did manage to do that because everyone I've spoken to has felt at home, you know, if that makes sense,
0: mm-hmm.
2: while watching it. And they've connected to the people that I've worked with much better than just a film that they did made them feel like the way the, a film that they did made them feel versus them being open and more human on social yeah. media. I feel like everyone wants to paint such a fancy picture We're all like, Humans behind it. We're all just like, like you say, mistakes in the making. Even if, like, I worked with someone who's like forty five, she's still like when I spoke to her, she still was the most vulnerable and like open and ready for change kind of person. I'm talking about Kajol. Like, I worked with Kajol and her daughter, and and you know, you expect like someone who's at that level of achievement in terms of career and family to have it all figured out and she was Mm -hmm. so confident about not having it figured out and she's like life is all about growing and life is all about changing and adapting to situations and and she was so open about it and I feel like I could have never even like looked at her and thought that you know she could have had a moment where she was a hot mess but she had like 500 and it Mm. just makes them more real I mean it just makes Instagram more like a community and more real if that makes sense and especially in lockdown like everyone was struggling with like not going out and kind of just reminiscing about old stuff and I feel like it's okay it was it was my process was to tell people that it's okay to feel what you're feeling it's absolutely normal and it's absolutely fine.
0: Yeah and I feel like in lockdown we've really spent a lot of time with ourselves and I guess, discover things about us that we didn't really know existed. And especially when it comes to our mental health. And Mm -hmm. I did want to bring this up because you've advocated for mental health on your platform. And you've done this in a way that has been super empowering, I think, to a lot of people. And your Instagram just has that like human touch. And I think it's so, so important how... You use your platforms. So I guess I'd want to know what your process Mm -hmm. is like when you advocate for or really start a conversation about these really important things.
2: I feel like as an artist or as an advocate or as anything that you're like putting your face to like a certain cause, you need to be authentic. You know, you need to be 100% authentic to the feelings that you feel and 100% authentic to the issue and you, you need to be honest real and open i feel like even with film when you're capturing like people's emotions and when you're capturing a certain for example a film that i did on depression i i that was initially a film that i made in college which was very different from what i put out on instagram and i was like bored and i was like i like the monologue and it worked well with my visuals but i feel like it only worked well with the visuals because i was authentic to the feelings i don't mess around in a territory that i don't know or have not experienced Mm. i feel like a lot of us as artists want to try everything and in that process we forget our what we are good at and what we could be our niche and i think that being authentic to yourself and your feelings kind of really helps if if I work on stuff that I feel I've experienced. So which makes it yeah. easier to put it out there, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a reflection of you. And I know that you advocate for mental health a lot on your platform, which is something that I really appreciate. It's not something that's very represented in mainstream Indian media. Um, And I watched all of your short films on your Instagram and you had one which was inspired by Euphoria where you used Rue's monologue and the visuals were so striking and you really just captured everything that was going on in her head. So do you have like a trick or a process or kind of like, you know, even like a mantra about how you go about visually capturing what goes on inside a person's head?
2: Like I said before, it's, it's easier for me because I only enter a territory that I've experienced and I feel like that doesn't mean that, oh my God, like, because I I have experienced a mental health disorder, I only do like sad stuff, you know? No, that's not what I mean. I feel like I, I really like to register every emotion that I feel as a person. I like to stay with the feeling if i'm sad today i'll i'll really dig the fuck out of the feeling and be like what is making me sad you know and break it down kind of in real life i'm not talking about my creative process i'm talking about just dealing with day to day like sadness and happiness and all these 500 billion emotions that we feel so i think that because in in life i like to stay with the feeling so much that i kind of get Used to it, kind of break it down. So I feel like it's important to kind of, as a creative person, it's important to validate your own feelings. You can't just brush off what you're feeling. Once you learn to stay with your feelings, it becomes easier to capture
0: that. Yeah, I get that. And yeah, I feel like creating art just helps you acknowledge and recognize feelings that have been lurking in your subconscious. I don't know if it's just the process of delving in deeper to what it is you want to put out there. That's just, I guess, a reflection of yourself and you get to know yourself more in the process. And I feel, like you said, you've, I guess, tried to make it feel more like a community. And I really love that when it comes to this, because I feel like in India, knowing about mental health and recognizing it in yourself is a privilege. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I feel like you've created some films that make your page like a healthy environment where a lot of people wouldn't really feel alone because loneliness is the worst in mental health not being able to have representation or just have something to relate to and you mentioned that some people reached out to you with some of the films that you put up and I thought that was absolutely incredible it just Speaks volumes about how powerful your work really is.
1: Um, Exactly. And it's just so awesome to see how you manage to capture something that goes on inside someone else's head, because oftentimes mental health is ignored because it's not something that people can visually see and understand. And recently you actually posted a video about what it's like to be bipolar, really capturing all the highs and lows. And this actually got reported and jeopardized your account. And it was something really sad to see because in order for something to jeopardize your account, as some of the listeners already know, it needs to be reported by multiple people. And I think that's something that really just shows what the attitude regarding mental health is like in India right now. So... How did you feel when you first found out about that? Like, it must have been surreal. I was
2: so angry, to be very honest. Mm. Like, I'm usually a very calm person, and I'm very, like, I don't really give two fucks about anything, but um, I was really, really angry. I was like, actually, furious, and I was like, I did not really do anything to trigger anyone, I was very careful with my words I was very careful with you know I I kind of have like a little checklist in my head before I put out anything that could Mm be mildly triggering for someone and I went through that checklist multiple times before I put that out so in my head I was like I haven't really done anything wrong and what have I triggered in someone I don't really know I was really upset because firstly it was like it took me like over two months Kind of put that film like out there because I was so nervous every time. I was like, should I do it? Should I not do it? Should I do it? Should I not do it? And it was kind of like oscillating back and forth from you know, I should do it to like, I shouldn't do it. And then I finally got the guts and I was like, it was like 11 at night and I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna do it. And I woke up in the morning to my account being reported and the post being gone and I was like wait what I literally slept and woke up I didn't even like check my phone for a couple of hours and this is what's happened so I was really annoyed and I couldn't even like reply to all the people who messaged me because my activity was restricted for three weeks and I emailed Instagram and they came through and they didn't even email back they were just like they just the post just reappeared on my feed and my account was fine and I got really angry and I never really wanted to, you know, um, experience this because I feel like you're already so like vulnerable when you're
0: Mm -hmm. putting
2: something out there that's so personal and then someone someone or maybe some people feel like it's not right and reported and it's kind of weird and irritating but Mm -hmm. a lot of people were so nice i think like 500 people i don't know like people dm'd me at least i think not from the friends and the people i've been following like 500 people from Mm -hmm. who i don't know and they were so nice so many people reached out about their experiences and so many people mm-hmm. reached out about how they've been following me like all of quarantine and they've been very like happy with the stuff I posted it feels you know the kind of sense of community that I was looking for with my work I feel mm. like I achieved that even though I had to put a part of myself out there and that just shows that goes to prove that how human we all are and it's okay to feel a certain way I feel like we should just not run away from it but like some asshole reported it which is fine I felt bad but at the end of the day on the opposite there were so many people who that post reached out to and who like messaged and reached out and texted it was nice I connected with friends that lost touch with after graduating high school and a lot of people just messaged I think it was really really dope that one video or like one small paragraph talking about your struggle not even entailing the details of anything just a generic like I am talking about coming to terms with being bipolar and I think that just that much made so many people feel comfortable with who they are and I feel like job was done it was not just about me putting myself out there it was kind of about me bringing people closer and I think I achieved that.
1: Yeah, you did. That's so you beautiful. definitely did. Yeah. yeah. And also just to be a real artist, it means saying your truth, not about saying something that will please other people that, you know, would conform to society. And you definitely just shared your truth. And part of the time when you're a really authentic artist, it, it does come with a little bit of backlash. But hey, you know what? That means you did something right. That means you actually like managed to get people to deal with something that they're uncomfortable with because they they felt something when they saw Mm -hmm. that and hopefully in the future people will become more understanding regarding art mental Mm -hmm. health and we're just hoping that this is one of their mistakes in the making and they can grow and learn from this experience and they'll hear this and just become better i hope
2: (laughs) i doubt they listen (laughs) i feel like they will let's just hope that we impact like any one person also to like be an authentic version of themselves and not give two fucks about anyone else and kind of put themselves out there the way that they are rather than trying to like fit in and struggle with that i feel like it's Mm -hmm. i feel like struggling to fit in is harder than being authentic to yourself i don't know what do you think
1: um, I definitely feel like fitting in is such a struggle because the way I see it visually, it's kind of like a puzzle piece. And what you have to do is you have to cut parts of yourself to kind of fit into a puzzle. Mm-hmm but everyone is kind of unique, life is not a puzzle, it's a weird metaphor that I just decided to use. No but it makes so much
2: sense though because I feel like that's what and we end up like losing parts of ourselves in the process Mm -hmm. of trying to become that right piece of puzzle but honestly no one is ever going to be a right piece of puzzle, like we're never going to be the right person, we're never going to be uh, like perfect and I feel like Hmm. being authentic and true to the imperfections in us might be physical might be like uh, uh, our career path might be the way we just think about life I feel like it's better to be like better to own what you think and own who you are than to try to like cut off your hands and limbs to become someone else Mm
0: -hmm.
1: exactly and now we've spoken about a range of topics so we have one question for you that you have asked all of your subjects in your quarantine tapes. Who is the real Paul Muller? Oh my God. (laughs) Putting you on the spot.
2: You really put me on the spot with this one. When you said it, I was like, oh no, 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 this can't be it. (laughs) Okay, I've never really thought about it, to be honest. I feel like I'm just a bundle of good energy at least I think I am and I feel like I just want to be the most authentic version of myself I want to change according to time I want to change according to where I am I want to be fluid and fit into whatever situation I'm going to be put in and I feel like I want to be the best version of myself I want to wake up every day kind of like being better than I was yesterday even if Mm. it's in like small ways so I feel like I don't know who I am yet but I definitely feel like I don't think I'm ever going to know who I am to be very honest yeah. I I think I'm just this very dynamic and changing individual and I've come to terms with that and I feel like I'm very very proud of uncertainty that lies inside of me I'm mm. very I, I've started to kind of be I've, I've stopped being afraid of being uncertain about lots of things and I feel like that's what I am I feel like I am just a bundle of good warm energy who is changing forever and always going to try to be a better version of who she was than yes than she was yesterday and I think that's just I want to be an authentic person that's it I don't know who I am I don't know where I'm headed what I'm going to be doing five years <laughs> from now I've stopped planning stuff I've stopped putting little stops in my journey I've started to take each day as it comes and I feel like I've I feel like that's who I am if that makes
0: sense yeah I love that because it's not about having all the answers it's I guess about asking new questions and learning on the way and yes. I feel like your positivity is just so infectious with anyone who crosses your path or even your art and I know I'm feeling more positive I said this the last time when we spoke um, in preparation for this meeting you just yeah yeah I'm feeling so motivated now like I can do shit and I absolutely <laughs> love that about you definitely agree with
1: that I mean the word infectious is a little bit questionable <laughs> given this current climate <laughs> but I 100% agree with that Now, I know you said you have like no plans, but you definitely have big things coming up in your future. Um, I'm talking a little bit about Quarantine Tapes, Volume 3. So could you give us a little bit of a sneak peek regarding that? So I am working with a lot of young
2: creators, social media creators and young people who are acting and kind of using, not just acting anymore. I'm kind of, I hate to call them influencers, so I will not i'm just working with a lot of young creative um and people fuck what do i call them they're not in i don't want to call them influencers content creators content creators yeah i'm working with a lot of young content creators and we kind of have a very fun light vibe this time not anything heavy and we're getting into a lot of like creative process a lot of a lot of questions about self-confidence we're working on that because uh, working with a lot of young people this time all of the people i'm working with are like below 25 they're also on their journey of discovering who they are and you know what they stand for and stuff like that so kind of a lot of advice coming through but not like heavy advice you know just listening and learning kind of situation any names that you can share with us yes so i'm working with alaya s she's an actor then I'm working with um, my friend, Alia Kashyap. She's a YouTuber now. And then I'm working with Radhika Sage. She's also a content creator. And like, she has a huge following. She's like 900k followers on Instagram, which is insane. And she's like 22, I think, or 23. And oh my god, yeah, that's insane. I never keep a list. I just, whatever I feel like whichever person's work i feel like editing first i just do it and send it to them and then we just get into the process of
1: working that sounds so interesting though we're so excited to see them hopefully by the time this episode comes out a few of those tapes will already be out yes i that's the plan i hope that that happens so did most of these people just reach out to you after seeing your initial quarantine tapes so after uh, um the
2: second volume i kind of took a break And I was like, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to do it. And then um, these are, these are like, I just decided to reach out to these people because I really picked and I was like, I might want to work with them. And then they gave me the freedom. They gave me the, the content, they gave me everything. And then I just went into a little bit of a low for three months, but I was not really doing anything not three months maybe two and a half I don't really know have a timeline and um I'm finally like better more in my body more in my head and I'm ready to kind of work on the stuff that I have so these are the people that I approached I these were this was not like anything to do it was not like anyone who approached me this time no one approached me I approached everyone it was kind of more of a it's more of like a collaboration this time so I feel like for this this volume, I didn't really look at it as something that's gonna put me on the map career wise. It was kind of now, I feel like I have the liberty to I kind of like prove myself that I'm capable of all of this. and now it was kind of just like a passion project to be honest. It was the young people who I think are very nice and inspirational and doing like dope work. I feel like if I got the chance to capture their vision, I asked them and they were all down
1: and like, no questions asked kind of thing. And I was really excited. One last thing that I really admire about what you did. I feel like YouTube is usually the platform for showing off visual videos and films, but you decided to like, you know, kind of ditch that trend and go to Instagram. And Instagram is now rising in terms of film content and video content. So you are a little bit ahead of the curve with that one. Um, Do you have any advice for, you know, trying out new things, taking more risks to younger content creators like yourself? Definitely. I think that um, with any platform, I think the first thing
2: is to kind of not be scared of putting yourself out there. I feel Mm -hmm. like um, that's the biggest thing. Like you need to just, just put your art out there. Like don't be afraid of like, backlash don't be afraid of what people are going to say i feel like once you realize that any platform kind of becomes big enough and i feel like instagram is really good because you can shamelessly self promote and get lots of people to view your work because i believe that if you're creating art and you're keeping it to yourself you're being selfish because i'm sure mm. every every piece that anyone creates film music a painting anything has so much value to one person that I feel like even if it impacts one person positively that one person viewing your work positively then I feel like that's like mission accomplished job done you know it's like exactly so don't be like afraid to put your art out there because there are lots of people like we don't realize that 500 views on a video is so much. Imagine five hundred people in a room. That's five hundred phones. That's five hundred different people mm-hmm. five hundred different houses. So literally, nothing is too small or too big on social media. So I feel like my mm-hmm. YouTube is great, and so is anything else. But I feel like Instagram is kind of like a good, like your visiting card as a creative. You know, it's so visual. Everything you can literally sum up so much work in just one post. And there's exactly. lots of ways to put yourself out there. There are reels, like you should really focus. I mean, I'm giving lots of, I'm giving like now, I'm giving Instagram advice. But I think that you need to, if you decide
1: to grow as an artist, you need to grow on your platform as well. Exactly. And also yeah. I feel like older generations sometimes don't get it. And they see it as like a narcissistic trait, but it's such a good tool for younger developing creatives to put themselves out there, get recognition, get mm-hmm. recognition. Because it is a tough business and sometimes just being talented is not enough. It's more about how you market yourself, how you use these social media platforms as your own personal portfolio. So Mm -hmm. it's something that's very important for younger creatives to use correctly. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I think that was kind of like about all the questions. Should we wrap up now?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd just like to say that I've really enjoyed our chat today and we've spoken about so many things. We can literally talk to you for hours and I feel like there's so many more things we can speak about, so you got to come back. Dude, now um,
2: you've really opened a gate, I'm telling you. That like, you got me here once, now get ready for me to come and talk. Honestly, <laughs> we'd love
1: that. I, don't I would love that. I? Um, Ashna and I joke about having one podcast which is just all about the existential madness we think about. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna be our special guest on that Dude, episode when yeah. the time comes. Literally. I can talk about
2: it. <laughs> Please, let's do it. It'll be so fun. I can talk about a lot of existential stuff for like days if you if I start talking, I feel.
0: Yeah, we're honestly gonna take you up on that. But thank you so much for today. And we'll see you guys next time with another really special
1: guest. Thank you again, Paul, for coming on to our podcast. This has been a lovely conversation. And guys, go check out Paul on Instagram and on YouTube. She is honestly doing such cool work. And by the time this episode comes out, there'll be so much more to see. Thank
2: you. <laughs> Made me so awkward, but thank you.
1: Pearl, do you want to say anything to the listeners, like, oh, goodbye kind of a thing? Oh, my God. I don't
2: want to say goodbye because it's never
1: goodbye. It's always see you again. Yeah. And I hope... Yeah, do, like, a little bit of an outro if you want. An outro. Fuck. Um,
2: let me think. If I was saying bye to someone, I'm going to be like, oh. I would say bye. I'm going to say see you again. Maybe on social media. Maybe at the oscars i don't know (laughs) so hopefully we'll all be in touch somehow like through art i hope that's the whole purpose i feel to be connected to like people through art but yeah it was so fun speaking i hope that people don't think i'm crazy (laughs) i speak so much so but yeah thank you for having me seriously